Welcome to the Laptop Empire Show. I'm Mike. Bobby is not here this week, as uh, you may have noticed. And so we've got Robert. So, I'm uh, I'm like the Walmart version of Bobby. No beard, Walmart. just a mustache. Yeah, a little more. Same, same haircut, but yeah. only partial facial hair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's awesome. I think we should get Bobby to get a nose ring. Would that would that add to the biker look that he's got going? I don't that... think so. I think like back in maybe like the nineties, it would have, but like, I don't know if you've seen, there's a meme going around right now that I saw the other day. It's like back in the day, if you had sleeve tattoos, mm-hmm. it meant that like you were a biker who would like kill somebody at a moment's notice. But now it just means that like, you're a chef who makes a lovely <laughs> pork belly taco, you know? <laughs> very true <laughs> it's so true man oh man yeah and i think no. i think nose rings have gone the same way yeah they're not what, as edgy uh, as they used to be what what made you go with is that like a legit yeah <laughs> is it like a clip on it no it's it's like it's through the skin <laughs> wow okay yeah what what Gosh. what we'll get to real stuff but i'm just curious yeah. now because we're on this topic like what what made you go hey i'm gonna get a nose ring how much would it suck though if it was a clip on and i had to like Dude, you no, just totally so caught funny. me off guard and I had to be like, uh, it's not real. Um, so when was it? This was back in 2018, I think. Um, okay. me and some friends were at like an outdoor concert here in Nashville. And um, one of our friends looked at me and we were talking about nose rings, and she goes, She dared me to get one. She was like, I dare mm. you to get a nose ring tonight. And then my roommate at the time instantly was like, I'll do it if you do it. And so nice. two hours that's, later, we both had our noses pierced. That's awesome. Yeah. No, that's great. You got to love that kind of stuff when that happens. And then you get the peer pressure. Like it's like the peer pressure bet. Like I'm gay. Yeah. I want to do it. So if you do it, I'll do it. Uh, right? 100%. <laughs> yeah. That's like um, on the millennial money man team retreat we were talking about tattoos and it was very much that sort of thing of like i'll do it if you do it i saw that episode i i actually i haven't watched the episode yet but we'll give a little free shout out for the questionable decisions podcast over millennial money man talking about the uh the biggie snugs i got the t-shirt that's perfect so the biggie snugs tattoo the guy that actually got it tattooed on his thigh shout out to noah and now gets paid. Yeah, he gets a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> how wild, how wild was it recording that podcast? Like, did y'all know about it before Bobby told the story on the show or? Yes, we did. Um, okay. we, we'd like discussed it a little bit and I knew about okay. it just because, you know, yeah, working with you guys it. over here. Yeah. yeah. So it would have been, that would have been a great reveal if we how, didn't know about it at all. 
how wild was it talk i haven't because i haven't watched that episode yet i want to just because mm. it's it'd be funny to see but like how wild was that show recording that honestly like, like it's recording it in person i think was really like what made it so interesting and i think that one i don't I think it might've been that one. Maybe it was the one before, but there was one where we were like four days into the team retreat and mm-hmm. it, it just starts off with us like beatboxing because I feel like all of us are like, <laughs> we have like weird energy and like weird kind of awkward, like goofy energy. And the four of you together are, that's four very distinct personalities. Like I've never met Michael like in person or anything, but I've like, heard him talk and i've heard a lot about him from bobby you know and then obviously i know you and i know ariel so that's a that's a very unique table to sit at yes well and yeah we've just been around each other for like three or four days at that point and so yeah it was just that's really i think what made it crazy it was just actually recording it in person when you're not used right. to doing that yeah. yeah dude i i want to get that get to that so bad i've told bobby like that's why i'm like you know trying to balance like pushing him to move out to austin yeah but like not overdoing it because you know he wants to be on the water and i'm like you can get a beautiful place out here and then we could literally set up a studio like a workspace that's in between you know i mean like literally he could be on the water and we'd be within 30 40 minutes of each other which like halfway like i'm halfway there just driving into town yep. so you know i've been i've been trying to do it because i think that'd be so great like you'd be able to one to be able to work in person but you know to have a space like that and be able to record and there's just so many entrepreneurs out here now yeah, dude like it yeah. opens up a lot of opportunities because people come in here for conferences there's already people here um i was at a conference two weekends ago and I would say like the big speaker was Jesse Elder. I'm not sure if you're familiar oh, with Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Which best speaker I've ever seen in my life, hands down. Was so good. Um, but I didn't realize he's out here. Like he's 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 got property out here in Austin. Um there's, so he was there's he so was, many people in Austin. Yeah. So it's just uh it's like really and and I would say more so for the like there's a lot of industry and like it's becoming like silicon valley too Mm -hmm. but i would say that there's a lot more like online business owners that are coming out to this area yeah i i think that makes sense um what do you i mean going back to like the the conference and him being such a good speaker what made him such a good speaker one you know i so i discovered him back when i i i first started he, he, he might still do it, but he used to do these things called mind vitamins, which just daily video, mm-hmm. um, like mindset type stuff. And that was really good, especially when I was first starting out, just like trying to develop that. Um, but I didn't realize how funny the dude was. And so he just like, you, you really laughed, but he had just a great mix of just really valuable, actionable advice and storytelling and weaving it all together and just the tonality of like really just loud and like in your face to then just like really quiet slow moments and just the way he would visualize things like he did this one thing where he was he was basically talking about 
like your your spirit <laughs> before it comes to earth and like <laughs> you're talking he did this thing and he's like walking and he was like up on this stage and i don't know he got on this prop somehow and he's doing this slow walk and he's like turning like he's talking one spirit person talking to the other spirit and then yeah. he was like this is my plan this is what i'm gonna do and then like him being birthed into the world and it was so funny like but it was it was very it was just it was really good i don't know how to explain it um but he just he's a smart guy um i was expecting it to be i wasn't expecting it to be as funny i wasn't i was expecting it to be more woo woo mm -hmm. and like that was one of the first jokes he told he said something and he was like damn it he's like i'm i've really been trying to my new year's resolution is to be less of a hippie and yeah. like you know it was just funny so i don't know man it was just it was really really good he wove his story and other stories and things in um like he was talking about sales and about his you know he started off in martial arts mm -hmm. and he went from having like no customers after going through this big divorce and, and all this stuff or maybe that was later i don't remember but he went from having no customers to basically putting every martial arts studio in his area out of business because they grew so quickly and he, he did it by going to like a pe class and he get, got the kids all motivated and he had like a he was having a pizza party uh -huh. <laughs> like to get the kids to show but so he but it was just him telling the story and acting out teaching these kindergartners karate at pe and getting them motivated in like yeah. the sales lesson and it was just so good so i i there were a lot of things like i can't point to one thing it's just you can tell this guy's a teacher you can tell he's a storyteller you can tell that he's been doing this for a long long time and it's it's it was just amazing like yeah you know. well it it sounds like he incorporated like a lot of different things to like keep your attention right yeah of like he's changing the volume of his voice he's changing the it tone was, of his voice it was two hours of him speaking holy crap and it was two hours of him speaking and like you didn't want to get up to go to the restroom like you were locked in like i took a few notes you know yeah. but it was you know i don't get that locked into like a movie right yep i wonder like i've been I've been listening to like more podcasts with comedians lately. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of those podcasts are just them sort of like bullshitting with each other. But eventually the topic always comes back to like comedy itself. Yeah. And one of the things that they like consistently talk about, like even the best comedians in the world talk about like bombing in like present day. And yeah. so I wonder like <clears throat> that version of the speech that you heard, what version of that? was it like how many times had he done that or how many things in that speech had he tried or worked on with somebody yeah. and they were like no man that ain't it yeah that's just I'm so sure. interesting to me well it's it's um <clears throat> i yeah i've been it something i've been thinking about lately and and have just seen a lot of it's like I've seen different people say the same thing and I don't know, maybe YouTube is showing me the same, you know, it's showing me like the same stuff, but it's like that idea that like, you have to get out there and just suck for a while to yeah. get better, you know? And like, everybody wants to learn and take a course and read a book and like, listen to podcasts and like all of these things to figure out a skill. So that way they can do it right from the beginning. I'm 100% guilty of that. Right. And it does. And it's compounded by the fact that, like, I actually really love studying. 
Yeah. <laughs> like I really love learning. And, you know, they're like, really what you got to do is like, you just have to go out and do stuff and suck really bad at it yep. and just do it enough that you get better over time. Right. And I think that's, you know, he's probably a really good example of that. You know, he talked about his first video, like he, when he started doing that, it was just out of a function of like, he had no money. Like he had built all the success, went through a divorce, had no money, was starting over. And he just felt the need to like do the video. Yeah. And he just kept doing the videos. And so, you know, he was doing that probably, I don't remember, 15, 20 years ago. And like, Holy if you're crap. just showing up and doing a video every day, like you figure it out, right? Like you figure out what works, you know? Um, yeah. And so well, I think that's, that's a I, lot. That's a lot of it. That's yeah. That's why like, I feel like the best like students in courses or like the people you see who really have the most, most success, like, and I, everybody talks about this, like this isn't anything new, but it's not the smartest people, right? It's the people who like, that are stubborn. <laughs> well, they're just like the best at getting out of their own way. Yeah, like man. they don't, I don't know. I think it's because I'm guilty of this. It's really easy to sort of have that voice that tells you like why you can't do something. But I feel like the people who you see become really successful and you can watch that happen. Like they either don't have that voice at all, or they're able to just like kind of completely brush it to the side and keep going forward anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to be, you just have to stubbornly keep going. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a big part. I, I truly think that one, of, and Bobby and I've had this discussion before, but I think like one of the biggest indicators of success as an entrepreneur in this online space is just time. Like mm. the longer you're in the game, like you will have success. You might have different levels of success and different people are going to have different levels of success, but it's just time. You know, there are people that have been in this like longer than Bobby and I have mm -hmm. that how that are less skilled at certain things, but they've been around longer. So they have more audience, you know, and then there's people that are more skilled than, you know, than us that are further along than us because they're, they're just more, you know, that they're more skilled too. So like you have that, there's definitely a skill component, but man, time cures a lot of things. Huge. And so like, if you can just show up and that, that's why I always say like one of my biggest regrets, like the thing I wish I had done was just creating content from day one. Like yeah. I did that when I first started with my fitness business, but when I switched over and started doing the agency stuff, I had gotten to a time, you know, where I had, you know, kids and was a lawyer and like all these different things. And so that was what I cut but I'm always like, you know, I always sit there and go, man, what if, what if I had just recorded one YouTube video a month Yeah, starting, you know, starting eight years ago? Like, yeah. what if? How did you, so when did you get back into creating content? Like this past year. Okay. Okay. So we had like, we, we actually, I had want, I had started a YouTube channel or I want to start a YouTube channel and we had talked to some people and decided to like do it through Ellie. And so I was doing that. And then, and we were doing our podcast we did like 150 episodes of this podcast. Mm -hmm. And then with COVID, we kind of shut it down. And I think that was a mistake. Mm -hmm. um, but it was like, 
something had to give. We were putting a lot of time into it and we had no tangible um, like metric to show that it was like paying for, it was, you know, it was paying out, paying off. Yep. Now in hindsight, we do know that it was generating sales because it became a way for people once they discovered us to get, it wasn't, nobody was discovering us from the podcast, mm-hmm. but once they found it, they were binging it, getting to know us and it was leading to purchases. Yeah. And we didn't know that. Um, so well, it's hard to quantify that. Yeah. Yeah. But we shut that, yeah. we, you know, we shut that down and I don't know, sometime last year, um, I just kind of was like, I don't, I don't know what started it, but I just, I really, really wanted to do the YouTube channel. I really wanted to put out content. I'm not a writer. Um, mm-hmm. Video is a lot easier for me. And I just started thinking about it a lot. And a big part of it, like when you think about like, why, you know, why is this important to you? Um, and I think about that with a lot of things lately, because there's so many things that I want to do, but you have to f- figure out, like, you only have so much time. And so it's like, why, why is this important? Why do you really want to do it? Like, do you really want to do it? Or is it just like, you think you want to do it because of something else? Um, but for me, it was really like a life insurance policy, like for the business, because I just realized like, I went through a period where I had to rebuild my agency a little bit mm-hmm. and it's so much harder when you don't have an audience, Yeah, you know, and I have a good referral network and I know how to hustle for a sale, but you know, if you have an audience, you don't have to worry about that. You can just send an email, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and so I just started looking at it as if I just put the time in and I do this, like I don't need it to explode, right? Mm-hmm. I just need to do it. That way, if I just show up and do that for the next two, three years, then my family's good, right? Yep. And I have an insurance policy called going back to being a lawyer, but <laughs> yeah. I'm never freaking doing that, you know? <laughs> so like it just, it, to me, that's what it became was just, I didn't want, I think, I, I think it's just like, I mentioned earlier, like I just turned 35 and I'll be honest, man, I am so much more tired <laughs> and so much less motivated for things now than I was when I got started and I was turning yeah. 25. And so I think it's just one of those things like, I don't, man, I've hustled for a long time. And so it's like, I don't want to do that again, you know? So yep. I'm I'm trying to, you know, develop that habit and build that audience because then I don't, you know, then it's like, I don't know. Then well, I don't it's it's like worry. compounding interest, right? Yeah. It's like the... The longer you do it and the more you do it, the more it's likely to pay off. Like an example of this, and this one's kind of silly, but it's like, it's so true. Um, Are you familiar familiar with Jack Harlow, the rapper? Yeah. Okay. So I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Jack Harlow is also from Louisville. I didn't know that until I went to Louisville a couple, like a month ago. We're very proud. He's like the biggest thing to come out of Louisville. (laughs) Well. Muhammad Ali might have something to <laughs> Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. I I as I said that, I was like, Is it's okay. Else? I I I get what you're saying though. For this generation, for this generation. Modern. So anyway, anyway, um, if you go on YouTube, you can find video like Jack Harlow music videos from mm-hmm. like 2007 when he's like a freshman in high school. 
And yeah. he's just this nerdy looking white dude, curly hair, like walking through his high school rapping and a friend's like shooting a video. And like back in the day, you would have been like, this is ridiculous. Like this kid is never going to become a rapper. He has no chance, but he didn't stop. Right. Like yeah. he's been doing that for 15, 16 years now. And it, it has paid off. And it's like, I think that's just a perfect example of like the power of like perseverance and just continuing just showing up. to show up. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> there was a really, uh, I wish I could remember all the dates, but Ryan Steuben uh, from Hardcore Closer, he talked about like he did his podcast and was like eight years in or something and had no following. Right. And then, and, but he just was like, whatever, like I'm doing this. And he just kept doing it. And then it was like year nine or 10. It just like, mm. like just exploded. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's, he's like, he goes, you know, and, and he, he basically says, he's like, I just, I'm stubborn. Most people, they get eight years in, they're not seeing the payoff. They quit it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, nope, this is a thing that I do. And I just <laughs> yeah. kept doing it. And eventually, you know, and I, I do feel that way about content. Like the internet's an interesting thing. I don't, I don't know how if I feel that way about podcasts in general. Like if you're doing a video with a podcast, then yes. And and it's interesting. There's some new updates with Spotify. I'll, I'll get into this in a second, but they might make it. Let me back up. Podcasts are not a platform to get found on. It's not the type of content, yeah. you know, like if you think about content as like dis- becoming discovered, bu- you know, building trust and converting buyers, like things like blogs and YouTube, their their awareness, their discovery level, right? And then you can also, you know, build trust and like not saying you can't convert, you can 100%, but like a podcast is 100% in building trust and conversion, right? Like there's yep. not a lot of discovery outside of word of mouth unless you do a video component. Um, but Spotify, I was just reading this morning, like they're actually going to be adding a vertical feed kind of like TikTok. And um, one of the cool things about it is like, it's, it's, I actually think this is a really good move. Like a lot of these platforms they're they move that way. They're like, they're copying, but they're not yep. the original, but with Spotify, it's supposed to be like to help you find new music based on your preferences, which I'm all about because I don't yep. listen to the radio, um, but they're also really going hard on it with podcasts. And so it's going to make, I think it's going to make it easier for podcasters to be discovered, especially if they're on YouTube uh, or on Spotify. But I'm, I'm curious to see, because I bet there's a video component with that as well. Yeah. So, I actually, so that'll be interesting. I would love that. I think that'd be so, because I feel like the sort of the downside of things like YouTube and Instagram is that like in TikTok is that there is valuable content there, but it's like interspersed with so much stuff that is just like brain melting and like mm-hmm. not a helpful way. And so <laughs> I feel like if spot if you could go to Spotify, you could have a vertical video feed and say, only show me podcasts I might be interested in. Like that's that feels like an actually helpful social media. Yeah, no, 100%. And honestly, man, this is, I mean, now going far afield from what I started to talk about, but I actually, um, with YouTube, so I, 
I kind of made an effort, effort to get through my watch later list recently and like kind of oh, clean it out. Good for and, you. uh, and, and so a, a big way I did that was when I was traveling to that conference, I just, I listened to everything at two, two times speed. And I just had the playlist going as I was driving. Um, <clears throat> but so now like, I don't have a lot of content on there. And one of the things that I find frustrating about YouTube is that they keep showing you the same stuff over and over and yeah. over again. They're either showing you a video that's already in your watch later, or they're showing you something that you've seen before. And you can't just like, like if you go to TikTok, it's just endless new stuff. And I'm assuming YouTube shorts is like that too. But these are two things I think they could fix on YouTube. Number one on YouTube shorts, have a save feature. You can't save them. You have to like, get out, go to watch history, add to your watch later. Ugh. So that's annoying. But then with like the long form stuff, like I like the long form stuff and I'm always interested in adding new stuff to at least check out and you don't get enough new stuff. Right. Like, and so yeah. to me, like if they, they need to do a better job of that and maybe there's a way I don't know about, but I'm just talking about like your normal feed that you just pull up. That would make it so much better in my opinion. So do you I, go on? Sorry. No, it's okay. I was just like, I think YouTube's the king personally, but yeah, I, I do think they have two big opportunities right there to make it better. Um, do you listen to like more audiobooks or podcasts or YouTube videos? Like if you're washing the dishes or something like that, what are you uh, typically YouTube listening videos. to? YouTube videos. YouTube videos. Okay. Um, I am so I like I'm a big book person, but actually, hang on. Like, can I rewind and ask the question that I really want to ask? Yeah, go for it. Okay. <clears throat> I think what I really want to know, because I feel like this actually, this might be helpful for people is like, what are the things that you do sort of on like a regular basis to stay either motivated or sort of like on top of stuff in the professional world? Mm. <clears throat> so... That's hard. I tune a lot of stuff out. So, yeah. um, so I don't try to stay up on stuff. Honestly, it's to me, it's like, if it's important, it's going to be brought to my attention. So I actually don't try to stay on top of stuff. Like, I don't even remember how I found out about that. That Spotify thing is like brand new. Yeah. And I don't know how that got on my radar, but it did. Um, Anytime, even like with the Facebook ads and everything, like if there's an update, something's happening, like I'll get a notification inside of ads manager or someone will bring it up. Yeah. You know, like I don't, so I just don't, I test, like I want to do my own ideas. I want to test my, you know, my own things like, and, and I want to focus like the hardest thing to me, like you talk about motivation, the hardest thing is just being focused mm -hmm. and getting stuff done. And especially like now. Like, I feel like I have less time than ever, which is crazy because like, I'm not the stay at home parent anymore. Yeah. Um, so I'll tell you for me, man, like something that I just unlocked this week, like I learned this on Monday and it has been a game changer already this week is, you know, it's very hard juggling two businesses and then I want to do content and then I have family stuff and all these things. And so I would get my list of like all the stuff and I try to prioritize it and I try to give a little time to all the different things. And 
I just felt like I was never progressing stuff and I'm very momentum based. I think a lot of people are momentum based. And so I had actually hired this, um, like a, I guess he's, he's like a project manager kind of guy to like, help me put some systems in place. So I could, cause I'm a big, I'm a big yellow pad dude. Like I got these everywhere. And so I'm real, I know a lot of these productivity systems and I have these habits that I do, but I need, I was trying to figure out how to have it all in like one place and one unified system that was digital. Mm-hmm. And so he helped me do that with notion. And I'm not hundred percent sure if I'll stick with notion or not yet, mm-hmm. but like seeing it all together has been helpful, but I was talking to him on Monday and he talked about instead of doing all of those things, like just do one, like do it to completion because I was basically saying like, okay, I have this project and I'm going to give it an hour a week and like yeah. everything I'm just going to be doing a little bit on everything and and they'll progress. And he was like, he goes, it's like context switching when you're doing tasks, right? If you're jumping from one thing to the other, your brain has to reset. He goes, why don't you just do all one thing? And what that kind of unlocked for me was it creates urgency because one of the hard things that I've struggled with, I would say really this year is I've achieved a lot of my goals. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I make good money. I have, uh, we, you know, Bobby and I just talked about like work-life balance isn't real, but like I have what I consider to be balanced. Like I have the time to do things. And so what I don't have is I don't have that pressure to get things done. Mm-hmm. So, and I have a lot of things I want to do, but as soon as he said that, I go, oh, this is going to create that pressure. And it has, because what I have to do now is if I say I have to do, like, let's say like I have a an LE project and then I had an agency product because I just hired a copywriter. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I need to get this done. Like I had to put the agency thing, like I was trying to do both. I'm like, no, I'm going to do this agency thing first, because if I can get all this done and the copywriter, like I've already invested in, I'm like, I need to get this ball rolling. Mm-hmm. But what's happened is by saying like, I'm going to work that to completion before I do the next thing is it's created urgency because I'm like, that next thing has to be done, but I can't touch it till I get this done. Wow. And that's I like huge. That. <clears throat> it's huge. And so what I've learned for me is like, I have, um, I think this is like, a, I, I don't know. I'm not going to claim that I have ADD or anything like that. I don't know. But I do know that. I've always had this like weird, easily distracted kind of thing going on, but I have this also have this ability to laser focused when I'm, yeah. when I'm either on a deadline or I'm like obsessed about something like I can, I can, it's almost like I, most of the time I can't focus, but when I do, I hyper-focused. And so this is like harnessing that. And so if you're one of those people that you're like, oh, I have like 80 ADD, I have to like do all juggle all the things. Yeah. Sure. Like I get that. That's one of the reasons why I feel like I'm suited to be an entrepreneur because it's like I have the variety. Mm-hmm. But I it, it's early. I'm today's a Thursday. I kind of this light bulb went off on Monday, but I have I was out of the office on Tuesday and then I had yesterday and I had this morning. So I would say in 2 days I've done more than I would normally do in a week just by being laser focused on, I have to complete this project before I can move on to the next thing. So I think there's something there. That's um, awesome. <clears throat> and I don't think it's motivation, man. I, I, 
I think it's clarity, which I've always, I struggle with, Mm -hmm. but like being clear about your direction and where you're going and then prioritizing like productivity is really prioritization. And then this to me, just like unlock that at a new level. As you were saying that I was thinking about a a friend I have, who's a freelancer who, I mean, works as, as far as I can tell, like just as hard, if not harder than anyone else I know. And one day we were talking about, this is a while back, we were talking about how he does projects and it's exactly like that. He's like, yeah, if I have this to do, I will sit down on a Wednesday and I will finish it on a Wednesday. It's like, oh, because I'm, I think I'm similar to you in that the way that I typically operate is like, okay, this thing has to be done on Friday. I'll put an hour into it for five days in a row. As opposed to just saying like, hey, I'm just going to sit down and knock it out. out. So I might give that a shot. That sounds really interesting. It's also, you know, I don't know if you're, you're dealing with this, but as I'm trying to create content and trying to do things like there are things like that are locked in. Like we have meetings Mm -hmm. at certain times on certain days. Um, I'm trying to simultaneously build a habit of working out consistently and being a creator and yeah it's hard it's very it's hard for me i have not done a good job of it with youtube honestly like i think i've only produced a video 40 percent of my opportunities since i started right and so and part of that is because you have all the things you want to do and they're all like that's important but it's not urgent yeah. and so one you know with this like you know, I mentioned I had this agency project and I had an LE project. Well, like I'm already starting on the LE project because I've pretty much finished the agency thing. But what I did was I kind of gave myself permission. It was like, I'm going to do this thing this week and I'm going to do this next thing the next week. And I'm going to do this next thing the next week. And I figured that out. And then I didn't even like think about what are all the tasks that need to be like, cause I normally do a brain dump project. I'm just like, Nope, I have the projects there. I haven't prioritized, but I'm only doing the one. So then I brain dumped it and I started spreading those tasks out over the, across the week. Mm-hmm. And so now what's interesting is like, it's completely changed the momentum because one it, since that's the only thing I have to get done, then I actually have time for the, these habits that I'm trying to establish the recurring tasks every week instead of them getting bumped. Mm -hmm. But then the other thing is it is so much better when you have something planned for like today's Thursday and I'm pulling tasks from Friday. Like that feels so good So nice. instead of pushing things pushing to Monday. Yeah. You know, and that happened because I already pushed something off. So I just have this feeling that it's going to allow me to get more done. Um, and it forces you to make a choice. I think that's yeah. the biggest thing people miss about productivity is you have to make a choice. You have to prioritize. It shouldn't be called productivity. It should be called prioritization. Mm. And so you have to make a choice and then you got to stick to that choice and focus on it. And most people can't do that. And it's yeah. hard. I struggle one, with it. One thing that I've found that, that helps <laughs> with that. I'm a huge fan of Pomodoro timers and, um, I, this is one of the things I think I I might talk about this in the um, order bump for the copywriting course, 2K Copywriter, check it out. Um, But like 
Pomodoro timers are basically, if you're not familiar with them, it's a timer that it's like 25 minutes of work and then five minutes of rest. And you do that for four cycles and then you have a 15 minute break. And then you can go for another round if you want, or you can, you know, do launch or whatever you need to do. But for me, that sort of like automates that decision, right? Of Mm -hmm. like, oh, the, the timer has gone off. It is time to rest. Oh, the timer has started again. It's time to work. And so you don't sort of have to make that decision yourself if you just agree right. that like, I go by whatever the timer says. And I've found that to make it a bit easier to just knock stuff out. Here's another one for you that I adapted from a TikTok trend. <laughs> this is hell this yeah. Is wild, okay? Love it. Um, I started seeing this trend, which was, it was like called the one hour challenge. And it was just a bunch of moms, like, how much can I clean in an hour? Like they would set a timer and they would like time-lapse video themselves, like cleaning kitchens and stuff. And I don't, I, I saw it maybe two or three times. I was like, that's interesting. So I just started applying it for work. And so the way you do is like, when you find yourself in a situation where you have something to do and you're like, ah, oh, I don't know where to start, or I don't know what to do. Like I need to plan this out. You ever start having those kind of thoughts? stop, get you a little, little timer. I have this little thing on my desk, but like you can use your phone just as soon as you're like, I don't know where to start. And you find yourself wasting time. set a 30 minute timer on your phone, turn it on and just go, I'm going to do as much as I can in 30 minutes. And it doesn't matter what it is. Yep. And what's funny is that you will just do the things that need to get done for that task. And what's great about this is that most people know exactly what they need to do. It's like weight loss. Everybody knows what they need to do. They just don't do it. And with work and projects, especially as an entrepreneur, like we do, we think that, and I'm a big proponent of planning and all that kind of stuff, but sometimes you're stuck. And so this isn't like an every time thing, but it's when, it's when you feel like the time is being wasted, like if you get five minutes into that, just set a 25 minute timer and go. And that urgency, like, and and that challenge of just, I'm going to do as much as I can. Not only will you get a lot done, but you'll probably work for beyond the timer because the timer will go off at an inconvenient time when you're in the middle of something and you'll keep going and you'll just find yourself in the zone. Yeah. It's, it's wild how so much of entrepreneurship is like learning how to make deals with yourself or sort of like learning how to trick your brain just to get shit done. And I, yeah, we talked about this or I mentioned this earlier, but like, I think so much of it is just knowing how to get out of your own way or just knowing how to sort of tell your brain, like, Hey, we're going to set all of this stuff (laughs) that we're worried about to the side for the next 25 minutes. And we're going to do work. And then we can check in with all, all this other stuff after that. But then Uh, Yeah, I've just found so often, like at the end of that 25 minutes, when you sort of decompress from that, you're more motivated than before and you're ready to get back into it. So yeah, yeah, it it all just comes down to that. I I do want to say one thing to go to the original question, because you talked about like Mm -hmm. YouTube versus audiobooks versus uh, podcasts. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this has been a pretty full podcast, but podcasts are entertainment. 
they're not education. Mm-hmm. And books, especially business books, are fluff mm. more than they are actionable. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not a big fan of either. Like if I'm listening to a podcast, it's because I find those people entertaining, not because um because I think it's super valuable. And so like if I'm listening to podcasts, it's usually not business related. And with books, it's usually not business related. If you, but I do think books are important. So to me, like if you're looking for educational value, you're going to have a better shot with YouTube. One, the videos are going to be more targeted to a specific thing. And the fluff is usually not going to be there. Some creators have it, but most of them don't because they're trying to keep, they're trying to get the best watch time possible. So they're trying to keep it concise or it's just full Mm -hmm. from start to finish. So you're going to get more out of a 25 minute YouTube video or a 10 minute YouTube video than you will out of a 25 minute podcast, in my opinion. Um, The other thing with that is that if you're interested in a book, you are better off finding an interview of that author or a book summary of that author on YouTube, because then you're going to get the summary. You're going to get all of the best bits, the important part of that book without the fluff in a 20, 25 minute video, or you're going to have a one hour interview of that person. And they are going to explain all of the concepts in their own words. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get way more out of it than the book. And so that's why I'm such a big, that's why I use YouTube so much. So like, if you're, if you're want, if you want to like go through a bunch of books, business books to learn something, do the interview or do the book summary instead. And then when you find the one that's the most impactful, then read that book Mm. and then go all in on that book. Cause it's better for you to read a book multiple times and master the concept than to read a bunch of books. Right. And there's a lot in entrepreneurship of people just reading a bunch of books. Yep. So you can really shortcut that. Like listen to 10 book summaries. And then the one that you think is going to have the biggest impact, then go all in on the book. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, this isn't even really a caveat, but it's just a note to that for myself. And I don't think I'm alone with this, especially if you're talking about a business book or a book about behavior change. Like, as I say this, I'm thinking about Atomic Habits by James Clear. That's like one of the best books that, that I've read within the last few years. Um, But I think a, a lot of that comes down to having the context around those ideas, right? So it's like with with Atomic Habits, if somebody were to give me a bulleted list of like, do these things, like I would have sort of like the step-by-step maybe information, but I wouldn't sure. have the context and I wouldn't know why those things are important. Therefore, yeah. I would be less likely to start them or continue with them. So I think sometimes the context that you get from a book can be helpful. I think though, you have to put James Clear in another category. Mm. I think you I think also that's have to fair. Put, I think guys like him, like Ryan Holiday, yeah, like, uh, Mark Manson, like those guys, you have to put them in another category because they're writers. And like those, when they put out a book, it is very researched and it isn't fluff. But the majority of business books, people aren't writing them to put, to give a lot of value. They're writing them to sell and to grow their business and to grow their, their 
influence. And, and that is really what, that's what the culture is right now. And so like you, you're going to get more value out of a book that was written, let's say 1990 or earlier, <laughs> like business books. Yep. than you are in more recent stuff because you just don't know which ones are really, really actually good. And so like, I would really be looking for something that has a four and a half to five star average that, oh, yeah. that has 500 to a thousand or more reviews, but, 100%. but that's, so that's like, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I totally agree about that when you're talking about atomic habits, but that was him taking everything that he's ever written and ever learned and ever learned and studied and putting it into a book. And it's just packed. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I can name a lot of books that are not like that. And it's just like, come on, like, can we get, or it's, they're teaching the same thing, but it's 10 chapters of different stories and examples where it was like, I read 20 pages and I had the whole book. You get it. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I mentioned, you know, the videos like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're, uh, yeah, I agree. And that like most new business books are really, they're written. So someone can say they, they've yeah. written a book. Right. Um, yeah. And that reminds me of, I think it's Tim Ferriss. He had this rule for himself that he like, either he wouldn't read any books that came out in the current year, or he would not read a book unless it was like five years old or more or something like that. So basically relevant. like, yeah, yeah. Giving it time to sort of like see if it's still relevant after a few years, giving it time to get those like Amazon reviews and ratings and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious and we can wrap this up to this, but I'm, I'm curious your, uh, your thoughts on this when you're starting out. I know I read and researched and did a lot of things to try and learn, but if you're trying to do something, you want to start a podcast, you want to start a YouTube channel, whatever it is, like, I think you just got to go freaking do it <laughs> and like figure it out as you go and read as you go. Um, if you want to be successful, like I, I really truly believe like the people are, you want to launch a course, whatever it is you want to start, you want to become a copywriter. Like, yeah, you have to learn, but you have to just start putting yourself out there too. Like, I don't know what the balance is, but um, yeah. I'm curious your thoughts on that. Cause I feel like people wait too long and they yeah. miss their shot. I think it's sort of like, I don't know. I don't want to say there's two different types of people, but it almost feels to me like I, I think what there are some people who are just able to immediately jump in and I don't know what it is, but they sort of have the confidence to know of like, ah, I'm not that great at this right now, but like I'm good enough and I'll figure it out. But then there's other people who don't have that confidence, who think that if they just have enough information, then they will that like they're going to read something one day and all of a sudden they're going to feel like they know enough to, to have the level of confidence they need to do the thing that they want to do. And so I think like, who is it? It's my argument would just be that if you're one of those people and you think you need to consume enough and understand well enough to be able to do it, then you, you're not going to make that jump. You still got to make that jump at some point. Yeah. So there's a, um, so when is that, you know, like I would just I, encourage people like jump. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I think there's, 
it might be a military general, um, a guy named Stanley McChrystal or like somebody in that realm, but they have this idea. It's like, make a decision when you have 80% of the information because you're sure. never going to have 100%. And if you wait until you do, it's too late. So I think mm-hmm. that applies here too, as well. It's like, you should do a little bit of research. You should sort of know what you're getting into, but you should probably still like get into it and actually do the thing before you feel ready to do it. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And, or maybe it's just like, if you're, if you're trying to learn from something, learn what you can from one source and then take action with that. Cause you probably have enough information to be successful and you can always skill stack. You can always layer onto that later. But like, I think about like in copywriting, you know, I would say that the two things that I would say make up 80% of my ability to write copy are from law school, learning and legal writing to eliminate lines that don't have purpose, right? So just making everything more concise. And then number two, from Ben Settle, talking yeah. about bullets. And this is the thing that's always stuck with me is you know, when you write a bullet and you're talking about a feature or a benefit or whatever, any line of anything. You have to explain why it's important. You can never assume that the other person knows why it's important. And so if you're like, you are going, you know, and like the fitness, I always tell like fitness people as an example, like if you're saying like, Hey, I'm going to give you a grocery shopping guide, you know, like, okay, cool. So why is that? Why is that important? Yep. To give you a grocery shopping guide. So you know what foods to buy and what to make to get the results and you don't have to guess whatever. Yep. Or, you know, like you have to. and, And so to me, like those two things. I, I, you might disagree with this, but at least for me, who is not a copywriter, like that's enough information for me to be successful writing copy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's like, if you can learn, like if you, whoever your initial, you know, introduction to whatever topic is, um, like, oh, you know, you know, my, my initial, uh, dive into, uh, copywriting was Chris Orzakowski gave me a bunch of Matt Fury newsletters. Yeah. And that was, that was my initial, like, and I learned enough from those newsletters to start writing emails and making money. Yep. And so it's just like, you take one source and just execute what you've learned. And then you'll find out what works. You'll find out what doesn't, you'll find out what you don't know. And then you can go fill that gap. Oh, I heard about that. I need to figure this out. I think if you do that, you're taking action and you're finding the gap and then filling that in. And you're just like, you're only educating yourself to solve problems that you encounter, mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot more success than if you try to figure everything out because you don't know what problems you're going to run into yep. and you're going to run into problems no matter how much you educate yourself. So why spend the time until you know what the actual problem you need to solve is? Well, and I think the idea, I think the idea of like trying to learn everything you can before you get started is based on this like fallacy yeah. that if you learn everything you can, you won't fail. And that's, right. it's just not true. Like regardless of how much, you know, before jumping into whether it's copywriting, whether it's graphic design, whether it's a YouTube channel, no matter what it is, like no matter how smart you think you are, or how much you've learned, you're still going to screw something up. And yeah. so just know that that's going to happen and jump in anyway. You're not going to avoid that by learning as much as humanly possible. You're just not. Yeah. yeah. You can't, you got to embrace failure. Yeah. Like failures great. It's got to happen. 
like there's two things, you know, the, there's two things that are going to happen. It's going to work or you're going to figure out that it doesn't work <laughs> and you've eliminated one possibility and then you know to try something else. Either yeah. way, it's progress. Either way, yeah. it's getting you to your goal faster. So, well, and even like using my own like lens for that, like if you're a copywriter and you're talking to a client or a potential client and you're able to say, yeah, I tried this with another client before and it didn't get us any results. It didn't work. Here's what happened. Like that shows expertise that shows 100%. experience, you know? So yeah, I do that can, all the time. Use it. I get clients that send me, oh, I want to do this or so-and-so wanted me to do this. I'm like, okay, here's how that's going to go. Let me save you some time. Yep. Right. Um, and, and I see this, I see this a lot with, um, you know, recently I've had a lot of conversations with clients because there's a company that they're working with. That's like really pushing them to do VSLs. Uh -huh. And I just know like VSLs can work really, really well, but you have to be and have the right circumstances. And so for like those particular people, I'm like, they're giving you this advice based on their perspective as a big company, not your situation, right? Yeah. And, and it's different. So no, that's a really good point. Anyway, man, awesome conversation. That was great. Went longer. Than I think either one of us planned, but that was fun. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, hopping in today. That was great. You got any final, final shots before we end this thing? No, I don't think so. Thanks for listening. Um, that's it actually. Yeah. Where, where can they, where can they find you? Where can doing yeah. stuff with us? Um, robertlucas.co. That's where All you right. can find me. There's no M. All right, team. If you can put that in the show notes, we'd appreciate it. And, uh, guys go check, go check that out and, uh, be sure to subscribe wherever the hell you listen to stuff. And, uh, definitely on YouTube because we have like daily content over there and not in other places. So you're going to get you're going to get all the goodies. Even if you can't watch this entire glorious episode, you're going to get all the nuggets chopped into bits served to you one day at a time. So you wow. want to make sure you get in on that. Great so. metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks, right. man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, week. Mike. See ya. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. We out. We out.